To whoever answered that the worst thing that can happen in podcasting is getting fourth place in a hate watch, seriously, fuck you. The alternative for that, for the quote, could have been, you know what makes you feel okay about potting? Casting. Now, now we're just actually stealing <laughs> blank chat's bit. <laughs> At that point, we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, hi, welcome to Not a Hate Watch. Um, we are continuing the Sorkin streak with um, the 2017 written and directed by Sorkin film, Molly's Game. Yeah, directed by as well. Interesting. Alice, what did you think of this movie? Had you seen it before? I, I had not seen this before. Um, I, I, as I said, I kind of fell off Sorkin after the newsroom, and mm-hmm. so I was really skeptical of this. This, this, and um, some other stuff that he's done since then. Um, and yeah, I, so I, I was really curious to see what I would think because I, again, I didn't, I hadn't. I, I actually knew very little about this. Like I knew he made it and he directed it, but that's literally about all I knew. I think I knew it was about po- I think I knew it was about poker. Okay. But, um, but yeah, and so I, I actually really liked it, and I was really surprised in that I, okay, well there there are many many Sorkinisms that I think we should talk about in this movie, and 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 and, and doing this process oh, has only made them even more um, obvious to me as as we keep going through these things. Double absolutely. Yes. Um, he, obviously, it's a movie about poker, the game of kings. It, it, yes, of course, from Sports Night. Yes. But that's actually horse racing. Yes. It's still horse racing. Yes. Um, it's still horse racing. Yes. But, the, but, you, but, you, got, but you, got, you got poker. You got sports. You got, um, you got um, a legal case. You've got law, lawyers and law briefings. So you got based it, on a true story. Yeah. Yeah. It, it definitely felt like. If, because the social network did so well, maybe Sorkin looked for other like true stories he could adapt in this way, and from like the the cursory amount of research I did, it seems like there was some there was a fair amount of, of fictionalizing, like the entire s- stuff between um the title character Molly Bloom and her lawyer, who's played by Idris Elba. That was all fiction, like like every, okay. all of their interactions and stuff was fiction. the The general outline of what happened to Molly was true, and then and then the outcome of the trial was the same. But pretty much everything in between there was was very much um. Sorkin being Sorkin. I, I knew that there had to be different, uh, some stretching of the truth within this. I found it interesting approaching this film, since it is narrated by Molly and it is called Molly's Game. We are sort of seeing it from Molly's perspective. And so I approach this like a film that I got very big vibes from this, which is I, Tanya, and the case of the unreliable narrator. And I always assumed that what we were being told is Molly's version of events and yeah. told in a way that, I mean, it doesn't make Molly look great because she admits to oh, all yeah, no, the no. bad things that she does. Mm-hmm. But it does show her as, you know, the ending of her not getting, like, you know, prosecuted to death because of this as, like, yeah. a win. You know, yeah. so it is yeah. it is definitely told from a, or at least a, she broke even. Do you know what I mean? Which is something right, that yeah. we talk about a lot in the film. Yeah, yeah, and 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 she could have she could have gotten it so much worse in so many ways between mm-hmm. the threats against her life and the people involved in the games, and then the, and then the government coming down on her as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. I I did think it was interesting because the it's 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 almost meta because it, the movie is based the movie is based on the book, but the book plays a major role in the movie. 
Yeah, which was... I was trying to wrap my head around it because I'm like, okay, this is based on Molly's game. Now, is Molly's game also about the writing of the book that was based? So I'm like, no. is this meta contextual or is no. this uh, all about the Sorkin stuff? And now that I know I think, yeah. the things between her and the lawyer mm-hmm. was all made up, that yeah, a lot yeah. of that had to be just I, I, in certain I, I did, events. I did buy the book. I haven't read it yet. Um, I'm curious to read it. Also, I don't know if the book goes up until she testifies and. Or, or if it includes the pieces about the trial as well. Either way, I just thought it was it was really fascinating that that it, it is it is that meta. Um, speaking to the unreliable narrator, I think they call that out really early in the movie where um, Molly's narrating her story, and at some point the lawyer corrects her and says, "I know who you, I know who your boss was. He didn't call them poor people bagels. He called them something else." And yes, and and she's like. She's 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 still trying to cover for it. Um, also, Sorkin got another opportunity to make a character say that word. He seems to love that. Um, oh yes, yes. We won't say it, but yes. You, if you've listened to the other episodes, you know what that word is. Yes, and then, but but it 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 it. it I thought that was really smart in really drawing attention to the fact that oh, this is already an unreliable narrator, like from the get from the drop. Yes, it's told from a, a maybe slightly rosier you know, or sanitized way than what actually happened. Even though the events of the movie aren't really that sanitized. Mm-hmm. Um, so I liked this movie a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I loved it. I think I'm going to watch it again at some point and kind of get myself... I, I think there's more I want to see on a second watch when I'm not trying to, because I actually didn't look up the story. I didn't look up anything about it. So I didn't know what the outcome of the trial was. So I was sort of watching this play out and being like, well, mm-hmm. what actually does happen? Like, how far does this story go? Um, so seeing that she got um, got off fairly lightly because the judge was the one who uh, threw it out. The judge, uh, who is a, a tw- Twilight New Moon figure uh, who plays Charlie's uh, best friend uh, who dies in that film. Uh, Graham Greene is the actor. Uh, so I love seeing him pop up and stuff. And um, that he just threw out the thing, basically gave on his own he own hair he had, you know, just basically saying how it was clear that she does not belong in a case with Russian mm-hmm. mobsters and how, like, absolutely like bonkers it was that they would like you know put charges against her they wanted to send her to jail for four years yeah yes exactly that that the prosecutors were out of line in the assistance Mm -hmm. and he he you know just get a spoiler at the end but we have to talk about it just to be able to kind of talk about broadly the story she gets like 200 hours of community service and it's one year two hundred fifty thousand dollar fine fine yep yes but but she also has her assets unfrozen and so yeah so um, but then also, she also owes taxes on the five million dollars that she got that she got that had been frozen. Um, so yeah, um, basically that's that is what happened in real life. I don't know about the I, I can't speak about the money piece of it, but she did she did only have to serve uh, one year probation and two hundred hours community service and 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 a large fine. Everything else, um, and so I again I don't know if if. I'm guessing it wasn't a nice judge, you know, out of the goodwill of his heart did that, but, um, but, but yeah, I think, I think it was really effective in, in, in how it was like using her story as like a parable. Yeah, exactly. And, um, what I find interesting is the layers of the parable that he says and using kind of poker as the metaphor, 
um, how this movie is about breaking even in that when you start to lose and lose your ground, mm-hmm. you can either get further in the hole because you have the loser's fallacy of trying mm-hmm. to get out or you yeah, can go on quit. Tilt. Yes, go on to full tilt. Yeah. Or you can go and just call your, mm-hmm. you know, your losses where you're at. But yeah. once you get that thing, you can go tilt and, and either sometimes you'll get out of it or, yeah, mm-hmm. you just won't get out of it from it there. And that's where Molly's life goes. And we follow her life as she's winning and then all of a sudden starts to lose big. And is she going to break even? Is she going to give in like uh what and and for even the part of it i'm trying to figure out what's her motivation in holding out what is it that she what is that she's trying to gain from this entire right. scenario like we you don't know what she's betting on her end you right. know, because well, you know it's not just literal assets that's yes because because something it's, more. it's introduced in the film that she has no money that mm-hmm. she um is she's being like uh, like um pursued by the irs in addition to the criminal case she has no money to pay her lawyer. She has no assets. And so, um, and she has this very lucrative story and all this information about all of these sort of like Hollywood billionaires, people who are coming to these poker games who are like, you know, big players in the in the economy and stuff that, that like this is scandalous information she could have been selling to the tabloids and she's not. Like her book, her book, my understanding is her book does name some names, but it is not to the extent that is described as, theoretical in the movie yeah and i i assume the basis for that is correct that she must have just named the names that were in a uh, deposition that named some people based on one of the poker players lawsuits that basically was trying to say that they got him addicted to gambling yeah people who had already been revealed to the public as part of this yes and that is what idris elba as her lawyer keeps coming back to and yeah. keeps coming back to why aren't you naming the other names? You have this. You have the money. You're literally sitting on the money. Like, yeah, it's, but you it's, it's you not only liquid. gave it's, so much. It's, it's in the form of 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 gossip and stuff. Exactly, and it's like if you are such a person who goes by a code, and you don't want to give these names up, you gave who, some names up. Right. So why who those you, ones? Who are you and protecting? Who are you exactly? Who are you, who are you covering for? And he deduces, so I can't remember exactly, like midway through the movie, that the, the, she only named the names of the people in that deposition. And that's why she felt comfortable doing it, that she actually is sticking to her code, you know. Yes. But really, when she was forced, she kind of had to, like, mm, line, ride that gray line. Ah! I, I had this thought. Maybe it's just the movie being portraying her sympathetically, but... I don't even feel like the thing she was doing was like I know I understand that she was breaking the law by running a running a gambling operation where she was taking a cut. That is that is against the law, but I don't know. Everything else seemed like again maybe it's just the movie like painting rosy colored glasses. But all the things that that she was accused of as being crimes, I didn't really feel that strongly. Like those are like victimless crimes, but that that's my opinion. <laughs> Well, and when I said gray area, I meant yeah. more of in terms of the world of poker and what she was doing and whether yeah. or not it was betraying her sure. trade, quote unquote. Yeah. Um, even though she's never run games for two years. She hasn't run a game in two years. I don't know why the FBI is here because it's been two years since and I've they run took, a game. And they, took her, and they took her money. Yeah. They took $4 million mm-hmm. off of her. So, yeah. Um, so we... Let, let's, just, let's just jump into some of the specifics. Um, yeah. Of course, of course, Idris Elba's daughter is reading The Crucible. Of course, the course. You know, of course, a play, a great play, a good play. 
yeah, you know, yeah. Because no, everyone no, loves Conan Gow. But I was I was watching this with my friend Morgan, and I just started laughing as soon as, he, as, soon as she said the Crucible, and Morgan's like, why are you laughing? And I said, because Sorkin's such a fucking theater nerd. Yep. And it's a play about a witch hunt, and she is portraying this whole thing as a witch hunt against her. So it's such an on-the-nose metaphor. But the irony is, of course, Molly has never read it, and so therefore she doesn't, you know, understand the significance of it and the parallels there. Yeah. Um, what did you think of Idris's Elba's performance as Molly's lawyer? I thought it was great. I thought the chemistry the two of them had were, were really good. I think it was a nice foil for her. I, I liked the back and forth between the two of them. Um, he gives he gives a very, very impassioned monologue at the very end of the movie, which I thought was very well done and, and spoke to him being able to handle the sort of patter sort of of of, of the, the intensity of the writing. Like you like you're watching the West Wing. There's a lot of those, especially in, in season two. Um, they give Martin Sheen a number of those. And so um, it's very much a it, it was very it was very it was very satisfying. Um yeah, the only thing I, the only thing I was questioned was I wasn't sure if he was supposed to have an American accent or not. It felt like he was kind of switching in between scene to scene, but I yeah, I think he's supposed to have an American accent. Uh and I think there were a few moments where there was a little bit of of I don't know what words it was, but yeah, you're right. I, I caught like a little like maybe some British, maybe he's supposed to be classy, I don't know. Yeah. Um but I thought yeah, he was great. You're right. The the chemistry between him and Jessica Chastain uh, Just Chastain, Chastain, uh, was very good, and uh, it was definitely that Sorkin pitter patter writing at its best. The back and forth, the use of light philosophical arguing, but you know it's a lot more about yes. the tensions between ideas than it mm -hmm. is like any other stakes between these two of them. You know, yeah. because he he doesn't have to represent her, and she doesn't have to have him you know represent mm -hmm. him, but the the both of them being willing to fight for their ideals is what makes mm -hmm. them trust each other because yeah. in Sorkin world mm -hmm. words are you know Bond the trade and, and yes. the currency yes and, 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 and upholding <laughs> upholding values is the most is the most like honorable thing to do um, yes it does get revealed later in the movie that because at the beginning the daughter says to her who are who are you um, and then, and then he's, he doesn't really understand why she's there. And then it gets revealed later that the daughter did read her book and convince her, convince him that she was a good person, despite, despite all the like sort of, um, tabloidization of her person, of like, of her personality and her, her image. And so, um, I thought that was, I thought that was a nice late reveal of like, oh no, we knew, we knew who you were. This we like, we, like you were, we were going to help you all along sort of. Yeah. And the daughter loves is, one is of those. The daughter isn't just an errant character that's here just to yeah. show he has a life. It's like, no, she plays into mm -hmm. the entire reason that yeah. these events got set off as they did in, mm -hmm. uh, in terms of the movie. Um, Molly Bloom, Olympic-class skier, ruined mm -hmm. by a pine branch stuck on the ground, placed there as a way to, for players to see, but it froze hit her ski at just the right position to break the snap and mm -hmm. she went up and flew uh to do a 360 and the ski came off and she landed and it was bad yep. she had already she had already horrifically injured herself doing skiing earlier um and so she had a she already had like a, a fused spine with with metal plates and so mm -hmm. having a, suffering another fall of that was was even more serious for her 
Yeah. And and this takes the beginning of the film and also where we get some Zorkinisms because a lot of numbers, a lot of stats, a mm, lot of mm. information being thrown at you, which we learn is a lot of what Molly's kind of uh, brain or dealio mm-hmm. is working like. Very, it's, it very much feels like Sorkin writing, you yes. know, Sorkin yeah. dialogue it's, and it, not, I don't know if it applies to this character or not, but it doesn't feel like it doesn't apply to this character. Yeah, and, it, and it, it's very similar to, I think, um, in Social Network when Mark Zuckerberg is talking about, like, I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do mm-hmm. this. I had to I had to do this to get the pic- pictures off of this fraternity's house. Um, the, the, the thing I thought was really interesting was that there were a lot of on-screen graphics and visuals for both the, the sports section, the, the, the skiing section, and then once they started introducing the idea of poker, the, he does the thing where, like, I don't actually know that much about poker. Like, I've played five-card stud. I've, I've never watched Texas Hold'em or learned how to play it. And so I was actually learning a lot while I was watching this, but, I, but mm-hmm. the way he, he does the thing where the character explains the thing to you is if, but you don't feel stupid for having explained to you. And yes, then, exactly. At the same time, he had, there were there were so many, like, graphics on the screen, and, 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 and all the time and I, I i remember thinking to myself this is like the visual version of a walk and talk where they're cramming all this information in for you to take in and also a, a technique that was used a little bit in steve jobs and so i yes. wonder if he saw that and thought oh i can incorporate that into this movie it'd be perfect to do that i mean obviously it's not as if Danny Boyle was the first person to ever do that. Which, mm-hmm. That was just something we just happened to notice right. ourselves within that film and liked and called out. But it, yeah, it, is, I, it has kind of gotten out of gone out of vogue of like having on screen graphics and doing yeah. like doing split screens and stuff. I feel like I feel like in in modern movies there's less of that these days than there were maybe in like the two thousands. I would agree, and maybe it's just because you know movies aren't giving that much detailed information or it's just sort of like mm. using generalized tech jargon isn't even trying to go with the specifics that like a Sorkin is and he realizes I'm going to need to like show different yes. things like that. You're yes. right. All of the poker talk and Molly's description of the game and relating it to the players and how that then sets up to how her own hand, you know, kind of gets forced throughout the film. I think is really good. Using the poker game as a metaphor for Molly's life works and i think it's partly because obviously we are just steeped in this world and we see these players in her life and how they sort of Mm -hmm. like stack up against it um yeah i i like molly yeah i like molly i think she is an interesting person Mm -hmm. it's so interesting how she thinks about herself and the sort of acknowledgement of i was stuck in the shadow of uh, my father and two brothers yep. and I was the only girl and that made me, you know, want to act out. And, mm-hmm. you know, we learned later that the dad says, I know why you acted out. It's because you knew about my affairs because you weren't stupid. Cause you are. Do, do, do I talk about girl. the dad now? I, I, we can talk about the dad now since we're getting into the family. Absolutely. I, Kevin Costner I, plays the dad. I didn't love those, the dad stuff in this movie. They let the dad, like, so at the end of the movie, he shows up in a, in a timely moment. He basically says, he basically says, this is why I, this is why I hated you. And she forgives him. Like, I thought the dad got off way too easy. He's basically just saying, like, he's saying like, I'm explaining to you why I was such a bad person to you. And I'm here for you now. It's like, ugh, I, I, I was, I, that really rubbed me the wrong way. The only thing I would want to know is, did Molly and her father have an actual reconciling during these events? And so that is just a true thing that happened. And of course, 
all of the dialogue and everything would be the way it's presented is very Sorkin-y and I don't like that you're right I, that whole bit just felt, he, he got off scot-free and maybe we want maybe that's what we want is for it to be angry and we want you know it to do it there but maybe in part of her breaking even is not digging a further hole with her dad you know I don't know yeah. it's it's hard it's hard to know the place of her mindset because we don't really get her point of view so much of this movie is monologues or not monologues but narration voiceover by molly and that really isn't commented much on it we just see her as you say be like oh i forgive you how i cry and then the rest of the movie plays out with the trial Mm -hmm. yeah and I, i i one thing i will say is of course, in an Aaron Sorkin movie, he found a way to jam even more words into it. That was the thing I, I realized towards the end of the movie. Is like, <laughs> yeah. by having her narrate the movie, he gets twice as many words for her to say. Yes. Yeah, exactly. She can. He's like, whenever I need to comment on something through Molly, you know, I can just throw that in right. there and just clarify yeah. what it is. That's, that's um, it. And I think it made, it made a lot of sense because, like, they, they established oh, yeah. it as as her do, essentially, I think, doing her deposition. Like, that that's how, yes. when it gets revealed as to why why she's talking and saying all these things. Obviously, it's also the voice that's meant to be in the book as well. Um I I, re- I really love Jessica Chastain's performance. I thought she did. I thought oh she did gosh, an incredible she's job. So good. Um. She also sounds just like Amanda Peet in Studio 60. And like, like some of the times I was listening to the narration, I was thinking to myself, this could be, this could be Jordan McDear. This could be Amanda Peet. Yeah. Her, she, um, has such a striking presence on screen and is always so focused. Like, mm-hmm. I love watching her because she is always focused on what this character's objective is. And you can always see her scanning the room, reacting, you know, keeping herself measured in terms of how she's supposed to react, like keeping her poker face, even though she's telling us what she's thinking and everything. We're watching Molly play it as cool as she can. You you can see her put her poker face on, which is is like two levels of face acting. Yeah. Yeah. It's so incredible because you, 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 Jessica does such a great job of portraying her when she's by herself and we get, you know, through the way that this narration is delivered because we're not seeing, you know, her face. We're just seeing, or not seeing, mm-hmm. we're just hearing her voice. So yeah. the way she's able to use that too to kind of give you, this is what Molly's internal thoughts are like. And this is what she's like when she presents herself to others. Yes. Or this you is know. what she's doing, even if it's not, even if it's not evident in the video that you're watching. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah. So it's a real powerhouse performance. Um, it, this is one of the, a few Jessica Chastain things I've seen her in. And so this was a nice, like, exposure to me of her mm-hmm. as, you know, leading woman and dressed. I understand now why, you know, she's able to carry so many different films. She's just a phenomenal actress. Yeah, no. And and, and I also just want to say, I, I was really happy with the, the portrayal of her character as written by Sorkin. We've talked a lot yeah. about how women get the short shaft in a lot of his works. They're either too dumb to, to do things themselves or they um they want something and they don't know how to get it or like you know it, it like mm-hmm. women are often very stranded and helpless in his move in his movies and tv shows and i did not feel like that way at all with molly i also did not feel like she was just a man that he swapped the pronouns and name on exactly. i thought i it felt authentic and maybe that was just coming from this material and having talked she had spoken a lot to to Sorkin um while while he was writing the script and so maybe having access to her was was helpful there but yeah i was i was very surprised in a positive way because i was very nervous as we've talked about um sort 
I think what Sorkin like was able to make a synthesis of is his view of men and the fact that Molly is playing a game in a man's world. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of what we see her do is in the context of all these men around her, but her voice is so well written and it's so well written to be like a very female sounding voice that even in some of the scenes when we see her, what might be out of context, be like, oh, this seems like Sorkin writing, you know, a more male part of it. You understand, no, no, this is only because she's in the world of this game. Mm -hmm. So the stuff that he writes that might sound more Sorkin-y and being like, oh, I don't know, most of that is in the context of Molly putting on a face to, to fit in. Mm -hmm. It, it and, really and is good. And a dress. The the dresses they put Jessica Chastain in in this movie. Fucking insane. Oh yeah. my god. I that was Just... that was where that was where like maybe the Sorkin lecherism came in a little bit. I was like, this, did they need to go this hard on her outfits? She she looks incredible, but it is I'm guessing like, that it's probably the real world Molly was dressed in that yeah, high I, end and high up because true. she was playing with billionaires and things like yeah, that. There's just a strata. Just, yeah, I don't know. I, I, in the first scene where she's saying she says I have no money and she's wearing a pair of Louboutins, I was just like, something's not right here. Exactly, and that's part of maybe what exactly it is of the non-reliable narrator. She says she has some money. Is that totally true? What assets does she have? You know, those things like that. Um, uh, yeah. So the the whole setup for her starting poker at all is she gets a job with an asshole Hollywood money guy. Was he a producer? I think, I, I, think he, I think he's a real estate guy, actually. Real estate guy, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but who wanted to be a big a big person in right. the game. And so she just was his personal assistant, and he's just an absolute asshole. Played by uh, Jeremy Strong. Uh, pre, I think pre-Succession, or was maybe Succession going on right he at the time? Might have started at that point. I, I don't um, know. But uh, just being a real, like, 100% asshole, uh, the one that she sort of sanitized in the book to not be uh, as overtly racist as uh, he was. Um, and he has a series of poker games that he does in, like, this lounge that he just has access Like, this oh, yeah. oh, CD so, so, basement lounge. So, so funny, funny story. This actually... In real life, the poker game was at the Viper Room, which is a club on the Sunset Strip that was owned by Johnny Depp. And oh. of, co of course, it always fucking comes back to a place on the Sunset Strip, a yep. famous club, like in fucking Rock of Ages. Mm-hmm. That's where you got to be. Uh, and the, part of it is that it's a series of medium, low-level players, except for Player X. And that is right. a person well, yeah. who... They never name wanna wanna be high rollers and some some movie some movie stars or some actors as well. Oh yeah, like there's a rock star who's there at one point, or, you know, one, uh -huh. like people who have names because they're basically like, hey, you know, you can't go and do this behavior. Right. Like people might find out, kind of like and again, yes. alluding to what they're doing, but we never yes. hear who they yeah. are. And then and and the buy-in for the game is fifty thousand dollars a week. So that's yes. that's not that's not a small amount of money. Yeah, exactly. Um, now, Michael Sarah plays Player X, who was what? not expecting a an intense asshole Michael Sarah in this movie. I loved Completely it. Completely blindsided he was amazing. me. Amazing. See, I only knew he had that capacity because I saw This Is the End, where in the beginning he plays an absolute asshole version of himself. 
Um, and so I knew like, okay, he can do it like on a real high level, but can he do it in a, in a serious way? And oh my God, he must have studied footage of Tobey Maguire because he channeled that energy so well. I know the character is an amalgamation of several people. Michael Sarah's performance is Tobey Maguire. He is yeah. just doing his best. Like, the eyes, the way he, like, has his cadence of speech. And Player X loves winning. They love destroying people at the table. And mm -hmm. she even comments on how it's almost sick how much he enjoys winning and, and seeing other, other people, people lose. The game. Yeah. Yes. And there's a scene where he basically, like, bluffs a person. And it's basically like... On, on my life, you know, I swear on my life. Oh my God, on my life. I can't believe that you wouldn't believe this. Oh my, you know, I swear on my mother's grave. You, My mother's grave. I'm telling you, man, I got these cards. You don't got it. And he's like, okay, I fall. And he's like, I got nothing. Eat shit. You know, fuck you. And it's like, ah, and this person just lost, you know, $100,000, whatever, you know, a, a, a big amount of money uh, at the table. And, and it's later in the film, but it's said that uh, he doesn't like, he doesn't enjoy poker. It's actually not something he likes. He likes destroying lives. That's the yeah. reason that he plays this game is just because he gets to see the light in people's eyes die. Yeah. <laughs> Which he's is a, like, he's a sociopath. oh, fuck. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And he's he's really pivotal. Like he like they strike up a, like a, like a casual friendship. There's there there is is definitely one of those things where there is an ant. There's a lack of sexual tension between them. It's like anti tension. It's like they're siblings yes. almost. And yeah. that comes back that comes back to play later. But um, when she makes her move to take control of the game, move it to her own, move it to her own control, move it to a different location, cut the guy who had fired her out of it. He is the one who really helps her. Yes. He, he, he understands what's happening and is the one that really enables her to do it. Yeah, he's basically like, yeah, do you know what? If you're going to make a classier game with classier clientele and I don't have to play in this asshole's, you know, like weird club, then sure, I'll go along with you. And yeah, he's the one that vouches and gets names so that she can then go from there. And that's when it becomes Molly's game. And she's yep. the one that's running it. And she does, uh, she organizes like, um, is this when she gets, oh yeah, she, when she's doing it, she hires like playboy models, but ones who are like a diplomat's daughter and like has several PhD, that was, you know. That was the New York game. Oh, that's the New York game. Sorry. You're yeah. right. Yeah. So, 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 LA, so you're right. So for the LA game, she, 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 cause there's a brief period where she works as a cocktail waitress in a, in a, in a strip club. Um, she, she gets, or, or in a nightclub where they're doing bottle service, she gets some of the women who work at the nightclub to start, to start finding people with who, who have money and to, and are interested in playing poker with celebrities who could be good marks. Um, and then she also exactly. goes to, she also goes to a casino, which is actually a real casino near the, near the LAX. Um, and, and talks to the people there and tries essentially tries to get some tries to get some referrals for players as well yeah she's she's looking for uh, what, what I, I I can't remember what they call them it's, I know it's a nautical term do they call them fishes in that I, I know yeah. what the term that I know is a whale which yep. is more of like for gaming but it's people who are just willing to drop an exorbitant mm -hmm. amount of money and it matters nothing to them and they'll yep. keep coming back even no matter how much mm -hmm. they lose on it or how much they put into it you know f uh, for video gaming it's obviously just for people mm -hmm. who buy a bunch of microtransactions for this it's people who just have exorbitant lines of credit and don't mind playing um yeah. Yeah, so the LA game is built on her using cred that is built off of Player X and the other clientels. Because you and, know, and the she, game that she, she says, and the game that she was running essentially, yes. but it wasn't she did not own. 
because she says here's this, here's a cocktail napkin if if they ask you who plays in this game you say it's these people and they'll be like mm-hmm. no you know they, they won't believe you but yeah you basically can get them hooked in and and go from there so it is it is interesting how she, I'm trying to think how to say this she knows how to use people in that strata of class mm-hmm. I assume because she grew up with Olympians and her dad was of a certain strata so she kind of understands it but she's also mm-hmm. just intuitive she yeah. understands game playing in the sense of how to play people and the, is the, playing this... these males for suckers in, yeah. in a great way and, and, and I don't know how true this part of it is. It probably is. But this is also a very Sorkin thing, which is someone knows how to social engineer a situation that maybe you wouldn't even expect them to know how to do or to do it in such a degree that there's no doubt it will be successful. I'm guessing that has to be the hook that got him interested in Molly in the first place. That there is this person where it is like, wow, this entire like house of cards, not to keep using poker metaphors but it was built and then collapsed so quickly but the person involved was a former olympic skier like what what does this have to like where does this all come together like why does she she doesn't have any connections otherwise to this world she just came and basically forced her way into success which is another sort of sorkin thing which is willing your way into success and and Mm -hmm. it doesn't necessarily matter about what your background is as much because we a lot of the shows that we've seen it's people of all different backgrounds are succeeding it's not just Mm -hmm. like well you have to be this type of person and it's Mm -hmm. like no even in a male dominated you know power structure women can get wins and it's small and incremental whatever you know i'm talking about west wing and things like early like that and stuff um but for this it just puts the woman front and center and is like yeah she can she can play with these people too Mm -hmm. yeah so She's running the game in, in in L.A. It's building, it's building. She tells some stories about some players who come in who lose everything or get in trouble. Um, that, that that comes back around in a bit. Um, but then there's, there's essentially one night where this guy goes full tilt and loses everything. Oh God! Yeah, and this is in L.A. Is this where? Uh, yeah. It was, what's the, because because uh, the, the, because then it's re- because then it's revealed that Player X had been propping this guy up because, and and loaning him money and staking him money yeah. because he liked t- he liked seeing the guy suffer and 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 that that's when Molly takes issue because if if another player is staking someone at the table it could be seen as an unfair advantage. Yes, like basically like. Are like because also are you signaling? Is that player signaling you by folding, by you know calling? Are you getting information off them mm-hmm. if you're backing them? And of course, player X is like, "What would you fucking think I do that? Like you accusing me of cheating? Like you know?" Um, but yeah, Har- uh, Harland, Harland's the name of that character, and he's the one that, uh, as we mentioned, goes full tilt. And he, he's like a good player. He was all around, and then one night he loses to a uh, bad Brad. Um, who uh, is a oil hedge fund guy who is terrible at poker and admits he's terrible and just wants to be, kind of hang out with people because he doesn't have friends in real life. Yeah, he wants to, he wants to be in his room as his money spends as good as anyone else's. It's very relatable exactly. to me. I I, I he, know that feeling very yeah. well. <laughs> and he he has you know he backs up his money. He he's always gets his accounts. He's fine, and it drives Harlan crazy and he starts losing and losing more and gets in a huge hole to where he's borrowing more credit and then finally one time 
he loses big and basically basically like several times molly is trying to like get him to like you know bail out and stuff um uh, especially because she realizes that it's like Brad doesn't, she can't just say Brad doesn't know what he's doing, but it's like, you you can't read him and stuff like that. And then at the end, he's like, I don't, I don't have it. I don't yeah. have the money. He was, he was 1.2 million. Yes. And he's like, I don't got it. Um, and uh, he comes to her like MS and then a check shows up and his accounts are settled. And she's very confused as to how that could happen. Mm-hmm all of a sudden with it and that's when you said uh player x reveals that he's been not just sticking he's not just that he staked harlan the money now that he has been staking him the entire time mm-hmm. um and uh is this also when player x more yes. or less dumps her yes and... he, well see this is where it comes out that all this time the players are throwing themselves at her i'm sure you know these these horny guys or see this really yes. you know see molly chastain in one of those fucking dresses um, uh, um yeah. throwing themselves at her and she 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 keeps like she she keeps insisting no i, I never you know n- never sex for money never never sex work none of those things um and then this is where player x is revealed to be like well why didn't you flirt with me yeah and that's the turn which is like which i thought was so like this is where i really felt like like you cast a Michael Sarah because he's got that sort of folksy charm that of course she's not going to flirt with him. He's just, he's just happy to be there. He's just a normal guy. And then, and then that's when he turns it on and he, and his, his actual menace comes out and yeah, he, um, that in the course of one week, he, he takes the game from her and screws her and basically, and then he, and then, and then he calls her and, and says that he screwed her so that he can, he can relish in her suffering. Yeah, and he basically is like, fuck you, Molly, and like calls her. And that then is where Molly says, okay, I'm going to now take my game to New York. I'm going to start from scratch with what I have learned from doing this. And I can do the same thing, and I can do it for even more money. Right. And we're going to go... Was- that was actually one of the factors. Uh, I don't. You probably cut this out. I don't know if we need to have this, but one of the other okay. factors was that Player X wanted to, when the game was being taken over by Molly, increase in stakes from 50k to 250k, and she didn't want to do it. Um, yes. And so then, when she goes to New York, she does increase the stakes to 250k. Sh- to sh- yeah. Got. Because because she said it would send a message back to the West Coast, and then and then and then Player X would know she's not one to be fucked with. Yes, and because in fact, at first they're saying a hundred k or something like that, and then she stops and she goes, "No, two hundred and fifty k." And and you know, as you said, to as basically her sort of like fuck you back to him, mm-hmm. uh, in that regard. And she gets this is where she hires Playboy models who are also very smart. Because as she points out, these women have like. Uh, mm-hmm. They're not just like hot bimbos. They also have like educated backgrounds. And so she gets ones that know how to play people that are good, like money managers that know how to run the like accounts and stuff too, to see which players have the money. So they know when they're inviting people, what their bank and all, like all of these details that she just mm-hmm. gets these women who are also stunningly hot to these men to get them in, to get roped in. And, and, Again, this is also where I love the use. It, again, it, it could be Sorkin's 
uh, petard where it's like, oh yeah, a bunch of hot, uh, hot women, you know, for men. Oh, that's exactly what, you know, is men's desire. And we're and like in a way where it clumsily uses that on there. But mm-hmm. because we've seen Molly and know how she's thinking, we trust her with all these women and know that yeah. it has to be really great people. And we don't see it. We don't really ever see it from the male gaze in that way. It's only like the commentary on yeah. that Molly is well, giving on. And these things are the male gays. And and, and, and and Molly's outfits and and the outfits that they're wearing. But yeah. I, yes, but again, I think that is much that to me does feel in character. I'm sure Sorkin did not mind shooting those things uh as well. But yeah. Uh, one one other note I just want to include here is that Jessica Chastain was the same age I am right now when she filmed this movie. It's not fair. It's not fair. I don't fucking look like that. God damn it. <laughs> To be fair, most people don't look that that her age. That's one of the reasons why she has the job that she has. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so we're in, we're in New York. The game is running. Um, this is when your boy, Chris O'Dowd, gets introduced. Oh, my fucking God. I can't believe that they got Chris O'Dowd to... This is a joke for maybe five people. I can't believe they got Chris O'Dowd to just redo his New Year's Eve performances he does every year on The Last Leg, where they basically get him as hammered drunk as possible and just have him say, like, the most inane stuff on it. It felt like he they like knew he could do a drunk character and then gave him the most absurd American accent. I don't know. It was some sort of vaguely New York accent and very heavy in whatever it was. But, oh, my God. He just sounded like he came from a 1950, like, Broadway show where they're all trying to still talk, like, somewhat mid-Atlantic, gangstery voice, New York. It just was wild. It was a wild character performance. But he is sort of a key player in the where Molly uh, starts to lose her hand because uh, he uh, loves her and he... Uh, is like, hey, I want to help you be successful. So I have these clients, like these great guys that can get involved and they can start playing the games and, you know, you can get them in here too. And they're big rollers, they're big players. And it turns out, as we've been learning earlier, she's being connected with the Russian mobsters and is being uh, put in under RICO charges in the same sweep of uh, mm-hmm. prosecution that caught these, these yeah. mobsters in there. And he's the one that uh, introduces them to the group and uh, fucks her. <laughs> yeah. Other other things that happen. She starts. Um, she starts taking a, a cut of the of the games, taking a rake. They say. Yes. Um, which is which is when it crosses from legal to illegal. Yes. Um, she starts I, taking a rake because it's, because it's pointed out to her that she has like two point five million dollars in debt, essentially on her books. Yes. That if asked to call, she cannot cough up that money and so then 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 someone's gonna come and take her out to the cleaners and so she starts taking a rake um she starts the 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 game starts getting more and more unsavory characters Mm -hmm. um and then and then we get um then we get we get her driver saying hey i'm gonna introduce you to some people i know who might be able to help you yes and so she has a meeting in a hotel bar with where um and the guys come in and they say, "Hey, we like what you're doing, but you can't you can't do that without protection. Let us protect you." Yeah, exactly. And all of a sudden, it's like, "Oh, it's a racket." Okay, 
how about I um, maybe no, thank not you. Yeah. question mark and she denies them which then in terms of the sequence of events in the film we believe is linked to uh, thug I don't know better way of putting it just like a, a, a brutal thug coming in and beating the absolute shit out of her in her own home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, like a, like a, like a big like a like a big mafia enforcer that guy. Yeah, he, like literal like st- hitting her on the ground mm-hmm. and then takes a gun and sticks it up her mouth. D- demands all of her all of the money that she has in the apartment, which mm-hmm. is like yeah. thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars, and then also says like puts the gun in her mouth to say, "You don't get a choice. We we own you now." Yeah, and does, doesn't he mention something like her mom or his sister or something? Like yes, yes, yeah. he says your mom still lives in Telluride. Yes, which brings up a running thing of uh, people ask her, uh, "Does her mom live uh, in Houston?" And she has to keep bringing up it's a Telluride. Yeah. So the fact that he specifically knew it was Telluride, it's like that's, oh, a, that's shit. another. That's they another. That's another. Know. That's another Sorkin. He, he gets you with he, he he drops the things and he gets you with it. Yeah, exactly. It's like just like yeah, you thought the crucible wasn't as big of a deal earlier on. I mean, uh-huh. you you figure oh, okay, maybe the metaphor is going to be broadly in there, but you don't realize no plot wise that is going to come back not just for the metaphor. It is like a reason that this is interconnected. Yeah, it is a it is a Chekhov gun, even though you don't know it. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, so I thought this was interesting where she then starts to note her mistakes. And in her narrations, like when she talks about taking the rake, she's like, that's what I made the call, the call that would change a lot of things when I started to take mm-hmm. that because then I knew I needed the money and got the enforcement. Yes. And then what, why she got uh, Chris O'Dowd's, you know, weird loser character, why she was okay bringing his people in because she just needed more people that had solid money back, mm-hmm. you know, in the, in the economy pool. And then essentially... Things are blowing a little bit from here, but then we basically catch up to more or less where we're at in yes. present day with Idris Elba and her and the trial because she gets swept up in the prosecution for it. And... Oh, wait, 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 wait. There's actually something else. So Bad Brad also got pulled in on, on embezzlement charges. <gasps> yes. And then he leaked the names of – he leaked the names uh, – her name – as part of the, as part of the, and and thus, and the suit that that it says that they got it, they got him addicted to gambling, and that's why he did the embezzlement. She gets pulled in, and her, she gives a deposition where she names four people, I think, and then that leaks to the press, and then thus, those are the only four people she names in the book as well, because they're already out to the press. But yes. fun fact, when she's giving the, that deposition, her lawyer is the same guy who played the lawyer in Studio 60 Nevada yes, Day. Yes, he is. I loved seeing him. I was like, hey, because this does not have a lot of recurring Sorkin people. That's something else I noted. For a film he directed, it doesn't pull from his usual cast that he likes to even, yeah. even like put in small roles. He was like very... Yeah. Sort of divorced from that on there, except where uh, I believe Michael is the actor's uh, name, uh, mm-hmm. getting him cast as, as a lawyer, as he says he usually plays. Yes. Um, but yeah, I, but he was very funny in it too because he's you know trying to like talk to her about the situation and like mm-hmm. what she can plead, what she can't plead, and she's like, so this is illegal, not illegal. It's like, well, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Essentially, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. and so this is when they, this is essentially when they freeze her assets. Mm-hmm. Um, she wakes up one morning and four million dollars in her bank account is gone and so she has nothing and so she kind of 
you know, closes the game. That's 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 approximately when she starts working on the book that she sells yes. and gets published. And the and then at some point later, she gets um she moves back to LA and then gets arrested by FBI agents. And that's where she's saying, I gave this up for two years. I don't have anything. Why are you arresting me? Exactly. Like, why now? What's what did I do? What mm-hmm. what am I doing? What have I you know done? What are you accusing me of? Uh, mm-hmm. And where? Because she had already worked on the book and it really hadn't sold all too well um, at that point. That um, you know he, she had already kind of in the lawyer's mind. He talks about she already kind of felt like she cast her chip in a way, but also pointed out that she didn't, people think that she has, but how she fully hasn't, because he knows, you know, essentially that she has more names and stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I really found her downfall interesting because a lot of those things are things that we feel like Molly should be smarter than. And she talks about how she was using a lot of drugs at that point, and it doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. become, she's not excusing She's excusing her behavior somewhat legally with it, but in terms of her inner monologue, she's, yeah, no, she's not really saying no. It was the drugs. She was like, "I made bad decisions." No, she, and, yeah, no, she, and she, I she's, also she's was taking accountability. Drugs. Yes, she's exactly. taking accountability for it. She knows she was making she made making bad decisions and fucking up, but she she also knows that she she chose to do that. It wasn't mm-hmm. some other force coercing her to do God, that. God, when she said early on that she started getting addicted to Adderall, I'm like, "Oh, you're fucked. Oh, oh you're oh. fucked, lady." And and she she pointed out that you got to crush them up to. to break the time release yes. which is like the same thing Danny Tripp says in Studio 60 that was yes. that I was just like oh fuck you that's another thing you, that's, Sorkin. that Sorkin's just did himself and was like okay I gotta talk about how, how people addicted to drugs will do this uh, that's how you yeah. know it's real <gasps> exactly yeah um, but uh, so I, I just found that interesting that again it wasn't it wasn't trying to be too rosy with it and they included that aspect mm-hmm. in there um, because they could have used that as like a gotcha on the audience. And really it's told midway through. She just starts to mention it very like chronologically being like, and this is the period where I started making some bad decisions because I also was like out of my mind because I was so stressed, right. like running this game and yeah, she, being, she, she being ends up running multiple world. nights and days mm-hmm. and yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, so then we get, then we get the, um, the prosecution offer off uh, office offers her a plea and the law and it is the lawyer is saying she should take it and she doesn't want to. And then they go and, and get um, and then it's revealed that essentially the narration this whole time has been her giving a deposition to them where she t- she tells them almost everything. And and then and then, yeah, um, it just they say we've got we've got you like we've got you against the wall. There's nothing you can do. And it just makes his very impassioned monologue plea. Um, this woman could have could have sold out all of these people and cashed in and could have done it at all these times and she's still choosing not to. Doesn't that mean something? Yeah. And it's not revealed what happened. Um, he, uh, she gets sent to go get dinner um, and that then that's when she goes ice skating and who shows up but her dad? Of course, at Rockefeller Center, you know, because where else? Yeah. I know my daughter. Where else would she be when she was stressed most, you know? A dad yeah. always knows, even if he's been out of her life for years. Yes. Um, they have their little heart-to-heart, and then she goes back to the lawyer's office, and that's when it's revealed that the daughter had read the book and and it justified, and used that, and that was why he was re- representing her. Yep. 
Um, then we go to court. Th- then we go to court sometime in the future where she's being sentenced, and yeah, and she. Um, that's when the 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 judge says gives his speech of there are evil people in Wall Street down the block who are going to do more crimes than this woman has committed. She's suffered enough. I got it all put up right here. Judge Foxman. Based on all available information, this court manifestly disagrees with the government's sentencing recommendation. This courthouse is located within spitting distance of Wall Street. I know this from my personal experience trying to spit at it. The men and women who work there will commit more serious crimes by lunchtime today than the defendant has committed in this indictment. I simply don't see how either the people or the cause of justice are served by locking Molly Bloom in prison. Voiceover. It was as casual as if he was ordering lunch off a menu. Mrs. Bloom, this court sends you to 200 hours of community service, one year of supervised probation and drug testing, and $100,000 fine. This case is adjourned. It's as, Aaron, it's as if Aaron Sorkin is looking directly out at the screen at you. Exactly. And he just says, huh. I, again, I'm going to have to think, look huh? up this. Makes yeah. you think. I'm going to have to look up if this was real or not. Because I'm So the, the I'm settlement was, the, 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 the sentencing was real. I know that part was real, at least. Yeah, but, but was, like, what he said in it, like, a yeah. summation There's of what no he said? Way. Or There's is no it... way. There's no way. Um, while you're doing that, a couple other things I noticed. Um, when she, In the climactic scene, the last scene where she gets really dolled up to go to, it's where she's going to go at the, the night um, the night she's going to the game when, um, no, no, um, it's, it's, I think, is it when is it the night she gets dolled up and then yeah it's the night it's the last night in LA before player the night when player X takes her game from her she's wearing a gigantic diamonds uh Chanel necklace just like the gigantic diamond Chanel necklace that Barbie wore in the Barbie movie um I was very amused by that um she also had the Chanel bag um also also there was a there was a there when they're in the initial um plea section of the um or what are the initial court scenes with Idris Elba and 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 Molly um and Jessica Chastain um he says like um I'm gonna I'm gonna say that I'm um I had, a, I had a, oh yeah I'm gonna say that um I'm your lawyer ex parte which means um you know in behalf of and and then she says that's that's not what it means and then he keeps talking and she goes yeah no that's not what it means in, in Latin it means this that is a very Sorkin construction of I'm going to say something it's usually in Latin and they'll and then the other person says that's not what that means it continues on that part of the conversation while the other person just keeps going on their part of the conversation yeah exactly it it, it just that is a felt very sort sorkin to the extreme like yeah. I I I'm sure if I watched all of his stuff I could find two or three more examples of that I feel like I in my heart I know where some of those have happened but I couldn't yeah, yeah I couldn't exactly like yeah. point them out uh specifically yeah, I, I, Another one is like they'll be talking and sh- and 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 the the, the more um, flippant of the two characters, um, you know, the Dan in Sports Night or the um, um, Matt in Studio Sixty, they'll be talking about something serious, and then he'll he'll bring up something completely unrelated, usually sports related. Yeah, and then yeah, and then and, and then somehow like again they start having essentially two conversations, uh, very very Sorkin. And. That I feel like why this works so well is that there was a minimal amount of that, I think, in comparison to what it could have been because there was so much to explain within the world of the game and the celebrities and the public. Like, he could get that sort of, like, 
stuff and those nice specifics out in there that I wasn't having to be as, as crammed in as much within like crosstalk and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, it's it's really interesting. So these are some of the names I found of the people that were in there because Toby Maguire was is the one that obviously was sort of like well named, but includes Lizzie Leonardo Posse DiCaprio. member himself. Yes, yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, Alec Gores, Macaulay Culkin, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, Alex Rodriguez, who is the baseball player that, yes, everyone, you knew who the name was and you assumed was there. Uh, Nelly, Mary Kate, and Ashley Olsen. Phil Ivey, who I'm not sure who that is. Uh, oh, he's a professional poker player. Uh, Rick Solomon, who's also a professional poker player. And Andy Beale, who is just a businessman person, but big enough to have a Wikipedia and be on this list. <laughs> How do you spell that last one? Andy Beale, B-E-A-L. Oh, okay, not the person I was thinking of. Okay. Looks like he's looks like he's a banker. Yeah. Yes, uh, and she was served with a hundred and sixteen thousand and one hundred thirty dollar tax lien for failing to pay appropriate taxes on her New York events. That was part of what the uh, the money that the IRS was was claiming was her for on that. Yeah, this was fun. I, I really liked this movie. I'm glad that you liked it because when you met, we don't send each other that. I mean, sometimes I'll send notes and stuff, but if we, both of us haven't seen something, we tend not to send too many notes because we like to keep it fresh. But you mm-hmm. just said you have thoughts on Molly's game. So I thought, yeah. oh, oh no, thoughts is like, maybe yeah. you're going to come in with a wild hair and be like, this is, so, you know, find something that I didn't see and be like, oh, this is anti woman. This is really sexist. This is working its worst or whatever. And I'm like, I disliked it. Like, I don't know. Maybe that, I should that, be angry at it. Is that your Alice impression? No, it's not my Alice impression. I just meant, I could see, because you talked about not liking later Sorkin. Because yeah, yeah. of some of those things. I just was worried yes. from only what you stated of what you don't like about it, not from yeah. not from any impression I've gotten from you before on that. But yeah. Okay. I'm glad that you liked it too because I did like it. And like I said, I will probably at some point watch this again. I think with Alex, because I think he'll find it very interesting. It's a legal thriller. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing that it's, surprised it's, me. It is a legal thriller. It's, it's a legal thriller and kind of like a heist movie at the same time, right? Yeah, it's a legal thriller and a heist movie. And like I said, I love movies with unreliable narrators. I really like when the course of events show you how much the narrator has been keeping from you, whether they've been telling you the whole truth and just leaving parts out or have been lying to you the whole time. Um, mm-hmm. I, Tanya is much more about a he, literal he said, she said story. So it's told a lot of times from both of their perspectives where this is mostly from just one. Um, yeah, I got I to gotta watch that. I got to watch that. Oh, I love Itania. Margot Robbie. If we if we do a Margot Robbie filmography for some reason at any point in the future, that's one that we'd hit on there. But yeah. Alice and Janney, another Sorkin regular, also oh, yeah. uh, heavily featured in that as uh, as as almost said as Itania's mom. <laughs> you know, Itania's the, the mom. famous Itania. Icarly Itania, yeah. I know, exactly. Right? Um Okay, so should we talk about what we're doing next in the Sorkin streak? Do we dare? It's the last stop on the Sorkin streak. Yeah. It's all been building to this moment. It has been. Our next stop and final stop. I'm home. Is being the Ricardos. I cannot wait. Lucy and Desi movie. I'm smiling. By Aaron Sorkin. With Nicole Kidman and Javier Bardem. You know Do you know the scariest thing is? What? Molly's game is has me wondering if I'm gonna like this fucking movie. I wonder. 
There's no way. I, it looks so bad. No, I think I'm going to love this. I think genuinely this is going to be like my... Uh, I'm going to have a weird empowerment trip because yeah. I love It's going to be the snowman Lucy. all over again. I love Lucy. And I also know a lot of the advents that that TV show just did technically for television. Not just in terms of like, yeah. you know, how it had a big impact because it was just a big show. But like what they also did and the things mm-hmm. that like Desi was innovative. And like Lucy was very innovative in performance and comedy and what she brought the portrayal of women on screen, you know, to homes. But Desi just literally technically like figuring out how to shoot a sitcom and being the one to be like, maybe we should have three cameras in this setup and do this sort of stuff and everything. Like things that we take for granted now uh, are just stuff that came out of that show. So yeah, I and knowing with Studio 60 that Sorkin is a theater nerd who idolizes television and the old and also just people of the era that this this was going to be a love letter now whether and how much is misguided i don't know here's the thing we also have to remember alice this got nominated for two oscar performances nicole kidman and jk simmons both got oscar nominated for this film so i, it I may think not they, be that I, terrible i think if they show up in a movie they get nominated frankly i'm surprised she didn't get a nomination for the fucking amc commercial you know we come to a place like this um we come I... to this place for magic. We come to AMC theaters to laugh to credit care because we need that, there all of us. That indescribable feeling we get when the lights begin to dim and we go somewhere we've never been before. Not just transport, but somehow reborn together. Dazzling images on a huge silver screen. The sound that I can feel. Somehow, heartbreak feels good in a place like this. Our heroes feel like the best part of us, and our stories feel perfect and powerful because here they are. AMC theaters, we make movies better. Okay, and then I'll add, as we always say before that. <laughs> okay. Okay. So as we always say on the show, what Alice just said, and then <laughs> I'll repeat it, and then we'll double it. Oh, okay, okay. Now I am just blank checking. 